This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. If someone were to ask you, what do people in America need right now? For that matter, what do people all over the world need right now? Uh, someone may say, well, people need money, people need food, people need jobs. But, but I think the one thing we all need is hope. Hope. I want you to stay tuned today as we discuss that subject, hope. I'm Billy Lambert. I'm the speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible, and I want to welcome you today to our telecast. And we want to encourage you to uh, stay tuned as we uh, tell you about a free Bible correspondence course that we are offering. This course is absolutely free, that you might know more about the course, how you can receive the course. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. In Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7, the prophet made this statement. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. Let, let's think about that passage just briefly. Notice he begins it by saying, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. The man that puts his complete soul trust in God is the man who is a blessed man. You know, it was Solomon who said, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding and all of your ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. On, a, on our paper money and our coins that we carry, is the inscription, in God we trust. And indeed, we need to put our trust in God. And the man who trusts in God is the man who relies upon the God in whom he has hope. Let me read the passage again. Blessed is the man who trusteth in the Lord, whose hope, whose hope the Lord is. Off the coast of Massachusetts many years ago, there was a submarine that collided with a uh, ship, and the submarine sank to the bottom of the ocean. Divers were sent down to the submarine to see if there were survivors. And they could hear some tapping coming from inside the sub. 
And they noticed that this message being sent was in Morse code. And it was a question. Is there any hope? The captain said, tell them, yes, there is hope. Unfortunately, there was a storm that arose, making rescue impossible. And there was no hope for them. But you know that question is a good question, isn't it? Is there any hope? I believe that's the question being asked by a single parent who's raising children alone, wondering where the next meal will be coming from, wondering whether or not they're going to have a roof over their heads. Is there any hope? That That's the question that's being asked by the person in the hospital who has cancer. I just received word that a, uh, a good lady that I know a sister in Christ is in the hospital unable to be visited by family or friends and she's dying with cancer. There is no hope for her survival. The family is wondering, isn't there some hope? That This is a question being asked by a family that, that may be living in one of those neighborhoods where there are mobs that have been in the streets burning and looting and they're wondering what are we going to do? We're frightened. Is there any hope? That hope in the human heart is a very potent factor that, that is involved in our successful living. For example, a farmer goes and plants seed in the earth, he cultivates it, he fertilizes it, all in hopes of having a harvest someday. Here's a merchant that goes into business, he stocks his shelves with merchandise in hopes of making a profit. Here's an athlete who trains every day, maybe several hours a day, training the body and training the mind, preparing. Why? Because he has hope or she has hope of winning. You see, we all need hope, unfortunately. Some of us are looking for hope in places where hope cannot be found. Some are looking for hope in a life of immoral living. But may I tell you, frankly, hope is not found there. That, that's a dead-end street. Trying to find hope in a life of immorality is like being on a runaway train. Is no hope. Some people are trying to find hope in material things such as money or lands, other kinds of possessions. But Jesus told us that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. That's in Luke 12, 15. Jesus is trying to tell us there is no hope in the things that we acquire in this life. 
in our possessions. So some are trying to find hope in, in uh, the idea that God doesn't exist. That they're pay, basing all of their hopes and all of their dreams for the future on the, their imagination. And their, their imagination is that there is no God. In Psalms 14 and 1, the psalmist said, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. I've been preaching now for a number of years, and all of those years I have conducted a number of funeral services. And I have even conducted the funeral services. I remember one man who told me, very frankly, I do not believe in God. And I've never had anyone like that to ask me to read the Bible at their funeral. I've never had anyone to ask me if I would read some book by an atheist at their funeral. Because you see, the person who does not believe in God has no hope in that false theory, that false ideology. Where is hope found? If it's not found in those kinds of things, where is hope to be found? And hope is found in Jesus Christ. You know, he's described in 1 John 4, 14 that as the Savior of the world, there John said God sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. He's not a Savior, but he is the Savior. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, Paul wrote, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Christ is our only hope for the future. You know in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13, there the apostle Paul said, Now by the faith, hope, love, these three, the greatest of these is love. Faith is believing in the reality of those things that you cannot see with the human eye. So what is hope? When we think about hope as it is described in the Bible, what is it? Well, if faith is having faith in the reality of those things that you cannot see with the human eye, hope is the expectation of one day being able to see those things that are unseen. We live in hope. Christ is the one who gives us that hope. Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 19 and 20 said, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Now listen to what Paul is saying. If we only have hope in Christ while we're in this world, and if there isn't anything better to come after this life, we're just a bunch of miserable people. But he said Jesus is the one who gives us hope of life beyond the grave because he, is the, he has been risen from the dead and he's become the first fruits of them that slept. Jesus Christ is the only one who was ever raised from the dead to die no more. 
And because of Jesus and his life, you and I have hope. We have hope. Jesus came into this world to give us hope. Without Christ, there is no hope. That is, without Jesus in your life, you have no expectation of one day being with him when God in heaven. In Ephesians, the second chapter, in verse 12, the Bible there reads like this, and that, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. But with Christ there is hope. We need hope in the days in which we live. I want to suggest some things to you about Jesus. Things about his life. Things that he has offered to us that gives us hope. We have hope because Jesus Christ died on the cross. The cross is a form of execution. But the cross is also a symbol of hope for a hopeless world. When Jesus came into this world, Jesus came for this purpose that he describes in John chapter 10 and verse 10. I am come that men might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And then in the 14th chapter of John's gospel, in the 6th verse, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus is the one who gives us hope. Because Jesus Christ came to be our Savior. He died for that purpose. Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. Jesus died on the cross, and because of that death, we can have hope. Why can we have hope? Because Jesus Christ can take something that is not very beautiful, and he, and he can make something that's rather ugly and grotesque, and he can make it a thing of beauty. I read a story about a friend of John Ruskin's who had a handkerchief that had been soiled, and he was going to dispose of it, and Ruskin said, let me take it. And Ruskin took it, and he took some India ink, and he started with the blot that was on that handkerchief, the, the place that had been marred, and from that he began to make a drawing, a design, and he turned that soiled handkerchief into something that was a thing of beauty. Jesus, in take your life that has been marred by sin, corrupted by sin, and he can make it a thing of beauty in his sight. Sins can be forgiven because Jesus died on that cross. Now, don't you want to be forgiven? I don't think I've ever encountered a person who said, well, no, Brother Lambert, I, I'm satisfied like I am, and I don't want to be forgiven. I'm sure there have been some people that I 
may have been around who felt that, but they never expressed it. I, I think there's a desire in the human heart for, to, for forgiveness. Husband and wife have problems, and they sort of begin to settle down a little bit, and they come back together, and each asks the other, will you please forgive me? You see, all of us want to be forgiven, and we have sinned against God and are separated from God because of our sin. That is according to Isaiah, the 59th chapter, and verses 1 and 2. Sin separates us from God, and it makes God unhappy, and, and, and it makes God displeased with us because of our sins. But God, because he loves us, sent Jesus that we might be forgiven of our sins. And Jesus died to forgive us. Listen to Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have redemption. How, how do we have that redemption? Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And it's all according to the riches of his grace. God's grace is a wonderful thing. And forgiveness and the grace of God are all tied together. Where there is no grace, there's no forgiveness. And where there is no forgiveness, there's no grace. God, because he, he loves us and he wants to forgive us of our sins, he manifests his divine favor. Someone that says grace is God giving us what we need and not what we deserve. I don't deserve to be forgiven, but, but God gives me what I need when I comply with his law of pardon, when I comply with what he teaches we must do, in order to be forgiven of our sins, then he's willing to do so. In Psalms 32 and 1, there the psalmist said, Blessed is the man who, whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Well, how are our sins covered? How are they covered? Well, I might say, first of all, you, you can't whitewash your sins. You, you, you can't cover them with the passing of time. Sometimes people try to cover up their sins by, by blaming their sins on someone else, but, but that's not the way you cover sin. Sin is covered in the same fashion as people were covered. The firstborn was covered in the Old Testament when God was about to bring a plague, the tenth plague on the land of Egypt in the Old Testament in Exodus 12. And they were told, through Moses, to put the blood, the, the Jews at least were told this, to take the blood of an animal and put it upon the lintel and doorpost of your houses. It had to be from among their flock. It had to be as perfect, near perfect as possible. And they had to take that blood and put it on the lintel and doorpost of their houses, and God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And every household that had that blood on the door was spared the death of the firstborn. How is sin covered today? Sin is covered with Jesus' blood. When we apply it to our soul and our sins by obedience to the gospel, through believing on Jesus. Because Jesus said, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. By repenting of our sins, because Jesus said, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish by being to, willing to uh, confess our faith in Jesus, like the man of Ethiopia in Acts the 8th chapter, he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then like this man from Ethiopia, we must submit to Bible baptism 
for the remission of our sins. Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Someone says, Well, I heard a preacher say on television the other day that all you need to do is pray along with him and ask Jesus to come in your heart. I'm going to take the Holy Spirit's word over what man might say today, aren't you? If we want our sins to be covered, we want our sins to be forgiven because Jesus died, then we must repent of those sins and we must, as a penitent, confessing believer, be baptized into Christ that our sins be washed away, Acts 22, verse 16. We have hope because Jesus died. You can have that hope. If you're watching, getting to know your Bible right now and you don't have that hope, I want to urge you to, to get in touch with us and let us know. Listen, I, I want to be baptized into Christ. I want my sins washed away. And we'll find some servant of God who will assist you in obeying your Lord. We have hope because of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. You see, because God raised Jesus from the dead, I know that he can raise us from the dead as well. In John, the 11th chapter, Jesus was at the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Lazarus was die, had, dead, had died. And Martha said to, to him, Lord, I know that my brother will rise again on the last day. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You see, because of Jesus, we can live again. There is a hope beyond this life. I'd not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. But if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so also them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. We believe Jesus died, absolutely. We believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, absolutely. And because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead by the power of God Almighty, we have hope in him of life to come. In Romans, the fourth chapter, in verse 25, there Paul wrote, we are Wounded, he was wounded for our offenses and raised again for our justification. And there's going to be a great resurrection day. When Paul was in Athens and he was preaching to the people in Athens about the one true God. And then he said in the 30th verse, the times of this ignorance, God winked at that is, that the ignorance of their idolatry, and not believing in the one true God. But he said, Now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, in that he hath raised him from the dead. When God raised Jesus from the dead, it was to let all men know for all time to come there's going to be a judgment. And our hope, is based upon not only Jesus' death, but upon his resurrection as well. And then our hope is founded upon 
is coming back someday. In Titus, the second chapter, and beginning in verse 11, Paul wrote, The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed, listen to it now, looking for that blessed hope and appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our hope is founded upon Jesus' expected return. He promised to come back someday. Listen to him in John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Our entering into heaven at last is contingent upon the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ promised I'm coming back someday. Hebrews 9.28 says he will appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He's coming back again. And when he comes back, it's going to be the greatest day in the history of the world. That's going to be the day when the dead are raised up. John 5.28, Jesus said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the, resur unto the, uh, the resurrection of damnation. And so Jesus is coming back. Our hope is based on his return, his death, his resurrection, and his retur expected return. But our hope is also based on the promise we have of eternal life. Listen to Titus chapter 1 verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the world began. What did God promise? Eternal life. And that life is in Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, that is eternal life. Believe on him, repent of your sins, confess your faith, be baptized into him today, and have the hope of eternal life. I want to thank you for watching today. Please call for the Bible course until we meet again. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my fervent prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.